welcome to the first official episode of the Time for Talk podcast. I'm your host, Libby Smith. And for the first episode, I really wanted to actually interview my mum and get her perspective on what it's like being a parent of a child with a disability. So, hi mum. Hi Lib. How are you? Thanks for inviting me. I know, it's not like we live in the same house know, or anything. this is probably the only time we probably get to sit in a room together and chat i know at half 10 at night okay so i'm just gonna jump straight into the hard-hitting questions here so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you know your personal connection to speech i've touched on it a little bit but you know you can elaborate on it um yeah so obviously we have our little adorable lexi who is nearly 10 she's gonna be 10 isn't she in Mm -hmm. in a few weeks um so obviously um, for those that already know us and know Lexi, they'll know that um, she was diagnosed probably about age two and a half with severe speech and language delay, along with a few other bits and bobs. Um, so obviously she's got global developmental delay, an unknown genetic disorder, but ultimately it's the speech and language that's really sort of had the the greatest impact I think on her development um just because you know we all communicate through language and through talking and communication and so for Lexi it's 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 probably been quite a struggle really although for her she she doesn't know any difference so it's probably more frustrating for us I think than it is for Lexi and I think what I noticed quite quickly was was that there's not really there's not really anyone to guide you on it so you just you just sort of you know given a diagnosis and then you just you know off you go and and you sort of have to find things out for yourself and um and and try and and do the best that you can to support your child with no one sort of really giving you any extra help so i think for, for us it was like a huge learning curve because obviously you know, we had you all them years ago. Because <laughs> you're like, you know, you're a big 19 now, aren't you? So, an old woman. <laughs> um, yeah, you're an old woman now. Yeah, so for, for us, obviously, we had no experience of anything like this at all. And it was quite sort of overwhelming, I think, because you just, you know, when you have a, when you have a child, you just sort of, you know, you expect everything just to be normal and, you know, no issues and no health problems. And, and of course, all of a sudden, this just sort of happened and we were a bit overwhelmed and didn't really know how we were going to deal with it and manage it, really. But hence, you know, nine years on, seven years on, I should say, because she was two, when she sort of, when we, we noticed, um, you know, we're just, we're still treading water, really. But I think, you know, we'll just keep going because that's what you do when you're a parent you just keep going and you just want to do the best that you can for your children see i've always wanted to know so when obviously all this was happening i would have been what 11 or something so completely oblivious to all the medical stuff i always wondered what exactly did you and dad look for that you thought hmm something's not really right here like with our speech like how did you kind of figure out it wasn't really moving the way it should have. I suppose I think you just have like a like an instinct really. 
like her, you know, she was doing things, she was saying certain words, she was doing certain things, but then there was like no development after that. And then obviously she was really late walking. She was obviously quite lazy, I don't know where she gets that from. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, so she, you know, she was quite late walking and there's just like little things that we would just, I don't know, we, we just had feelings like, oh, I can't really explain it, but you just know as like a mum, as a parent, I think you just you just know that something's not quite right. So we obviously contacted the health visitor um, and unfortunately, you know, it wasn't really that much of a help really because the first thing that they said to us was, oh, you know, she's, you know, she's got a sister, so she's probably just quite lazy and that's why she doesn't need to talk and she doesn't need to do this and she doesn't need to do that. But that still didn't sort of sit right with us. And so only for the fact that we were persistent, we pushed obviously our GP and said we weren't happy. And you know, now I'm just so glad that we did because obviously if we would have, if we would have just took that one opinion, then things would have been, you know, delayed I suppose even longer and getting a diagnosis, which, you know, wouldn't have been good for Lexi. So I think, you know, as a parent, you know, if you've got those feelings or inklings or there's something, I think you just have to act on them. Even if, you know, you're getting the doors closed at first, you know, just my advice is just to keep going because, it, you know, unfortunately it's like an upward struggle, really. I think it's quite sad that obviously you and other parents feel like you have to push for something that you shouldn't really have to push for it should just be kind of accepted like when I've done my research it's one in every one in four children was it's going to have speech delay or some sort of for some sort of speech trouble so I think it's quite it's quite like upsetting by the government that they don't put enough funding for education like because you've had to um pay privately and stuff haven't you for a speech therapist yeah which is like you know absolutely like disgraceful in this like day and age that you know we had to sort of source out somebody and find somebody and pay somebody privately to deliver you know basic speech and language skills that to me should be should be given automatically but unfortunately there's just no money put into into, into this sort of service to try and improve children's speech, language and communication, which I just like find so annoying and I, it, it's just mind boggling really how that can happen because not, not everybody, you know, not everybody's gonna have money to be able to spend on something like that. You know, if, if low income families or, you know, people that just haven't, you know, maybe single parent families or people just haven't got enough money but really want to help the children but haven't got that fund you know what do they do and that's what I found so frustrating and so annoying was that that we had to do that to sort of give our our child a, a better chance really because you know finding out that speech and language therapists you know come in once a term to see your child is just like I just don't even know that can even be a thing for me, you know, that should, it should be something that happens weekly. And it's just a constant fight. And I know there's probably not enough speech and language therapists, you know, in the country maybe, and there's all that sort of politics to go with it. But I just find it, 
how can that even happen? How can you not be able to give your child that start in life and you have to go and pay for it? It is very disappointing. Just unbelievable. I also wanted to say, so I thought this was interesting. I was reading an article a few weeks ago and it basically... It was just talking about the misconception about children and people in general who have speech and language problems. There's this sort of misconception that they are not that intellectual and they can't understand conversations. But obviously, you know, being you are the mum of Lexi and I'm her sister, we have lots of we have plenty of conversations with Lexi, and I think she's so smart because whenever we talk to her, she just understands stuff. Yeah, no, she does. Yeah, even though she, she sometimes does. can't relay exactly what she'd want to say, if we if we speak to her about things, she'll she'll be surprised me with what she replies. Yeah, like oh, like obviously her understanding's always been really good. Yeah. So you could give her like you know an instruction or you know two instructions and she she'd do it straight away. Patch my slippers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, that should be safe. Like... You going to do it? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's that's where it is like you say you know there's almost like a label attached with with a lot of disabled children you know there's almost like this label that you know oh well you know they've got a disability so well you know they're probably not going to achieve anyway which is you know crazy because every child should be given an opportunity and, and a disabled child is entitled to an education the same as a child who yeah. isn't disabled um, and so you know Everything that you do as a parent is just to fight for that all the time. And there, there are so many doors that are just sort of shut in your face that, you know, it would be so easy in some ways to just give up. But obviously, you know, that's not going to happen. You know, probably myself and like a lot of other parents, you know, we just need to keep fighting the fight really and, you know, be their voice because obviously Lexi is verbal. She's not a non-verbal child and they always thought it was like actually quite funny when um, one of the speech and language therapists that did come on the very rare occasion to see Lexi um, and actually you know suggested to me that she thought Lexi was actually a non-verbal child and I just nearly sort of fell off the chair because it just it just emphasised how little they actually know about these children because they're they never visit them no exactly you know they're making you know they're making assumptions about children from maybe watching for like a 10 minute session or mm-hmm. you know speaking to a teacher over the phone and to me you know it, it's it's face to face isn't it it's about spending time with that child and obviously for us we were so lucky because obviously we had Suzanne yeah you know that we found um he was our little angel really so we were just so lucky to find Suzanne because she obviously pushed Lexi all the time. She never, you know, she just never accepted, you know, she always wanted to try and improve Lexi's quality of communication. And and I think that's what we should be doing. We should be always looking at how we can improve these children's lives, to give them the skills so that as they get older, you know, they can have a social life and, you know, they can they can maybe mix with other children. Whereas without, you know, speech and language, how is that gonna happen? It's just it's just not gonna happen. So for me that's that's just a huge part of our road really with Lexi is you know how we how we keep giving her the skills to to allow her to, you know, have a fulfilled life, I suppose. 
And the final thing I wanted to just touch on, so obviously as a parent, what advice would you give to another parent who is maybe having some concerns that their child may have speech problems, speech delay? So I just think what I would say is don't give up. Absolutely do not give up. You know, we know there are professionals out there, obviously there are, you know, that will be very experienced in a lot of these things, but they don't always make the right decision. And so, you know, as a parent, you're the only person that is really going to fight for that child and be the voice. And I think, you know, don't for one minute, don't accept something that doesn't sit right with you. So if if somebody's telling you something and you, you're just thinking, no, this, this isn't right, maybe you should fight, maybe you should, you know, keep going and explore other options and avenues and, you know, what's wrong in getting a second opinion. I think we sometimes accept things too easy and we just, you know, go, all right, okay then. Well, no, actually no, because not not always are these people right and that's been proved a couple of times to me with Lexi, you know, that if I would have just accepted what I was being told, then maybe where would we be now? I think probably maybe in, in, a, in a slightly different place. So I think, you know, as a parent, you, you've got to fight, you've got to keep fighting all the time. It's really sad that you have to do that because you shouldn't have to fight for something. You know, it should be, it should be easy. It should be accessible for all of us, but it's not. And so, yeah, my advice would be just, just, don't give up, look every avenue, read, read, research, research, that's what we've done. You know, I'll never stop reading, I'll never stop researching things about, you know, speech and language delay, about complex needs, all of those things, because, you know, the more you read, the more you're empowered and the more knowledgeable you are on, on, on this. And I think that's that's going to give us the power to, to fight Lexi's corner and just give her the best possible life really um, so yeah I think definitely just keep going, keep battling you know, don't give up Well thank you very much for giving up your night <laughs> to talk oh, to me you. about all this and yeah, so that is the first episode wrapped up yeah, very grateful for my mum for thank giving you for her me, Liz. thank you <laughs> like a story very very inspirational my room and yeah thank you all for listening and i will see you in the next episode